Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Back to Basics. With me today is Shannon Martin. Shannon has been working in marketing and communications for many, many years, helping businesses communicate their messages and build community. Through her company, Style and Substance Communication, she currently manages communications for a couple of businesses and does freelance writing and editing. Shannon also serves as Director of Communications at Podbean, an innovative podcast hosting and service provider. As a longtime podcast fan, Shannon enjoys being able to help creators by understanding their challenges and offering solutions and resources. She also, because she has a background in social work and gerontology, provides content for family caregivers. I mean, there's other very exciting things about you, Shannon, but I just want to stop talking and say hello and welcome to Back to Basics. Thank you. Very glad to be here with you. I've been enjoying your podcast, so it's always fun to come on as a guest. Oh, thank you so much. And I mean, I'm I'm also a, a big fan of what what you guys uh, do to promote podcasts and to make them more visible over at Podbean. So, um, I mean, that, that's great work. But I know there's aspects of your life and the lifestyle you've created that are going to be very inspirational for our listeners. So why don't we start by the beginning? Share with me and with the audience, like, where are you from? How was your upbringing? What were you passionate about as a young girl? Sure. Yeah, I was uh, originally from the East Coast of the U.S. and I'm born in Virginia, grew up mostly in Maryland. And I, I guess I always had wanderlust. <laughs> uh, I'm really, uh, I was a huge, huge reader, like nose in a book constantly. And so I traveled through stories a lot. Uh, and I, I loved just all kinds of uh, all kinds of books. And I remember especially having an affinity for, you know, things that were in different cultures or sort of travel, but a lot of them were sort of these, you know, stories, I, I don't know what this was a popular thing in, in my youth, where it was a story of like a girl that was a, either an orphan, or mm-hmm. she was adopted, like I'm thinking Anne of Green Gables and these yeah. things. So there- this interesting element of sort of travel or being outside of their place. And it's sort of things that are, they were kind of maybe romanticized a bit, but I remember telling my parents at a pretty young age, I I was actually asking them if they would send me to boarding school. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I just, I wanted to like go somewhere else and be somewhere different. So uh, yeah, I was fortunate that, uh, you know, we took family trips and things growing up, but then starting in high school, I had the opportunity to go a couple of times overseas I didn't do any study abroad in the in university or anything, but uh, which I, I kind of regret. But uh, things always work out in the end, and yeah, so I always had that kind of passion for learning and exploring. Definitely, yeah, that wanderlust, but a lot of it through books, through now through podcasts, but back then mm-hmm. through movies and that kind of thing. So that was that was always me. A lot of uh, imaginary play, I remember too, when I was young, just all kinds of, you know, creating stories of 
you know, playing grownups and playing, you know, my friend and I being moving to New York City as models and actresses. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's what childhood is for, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> It's a lot of those imagine, imaginative things. So, uh, yeah, I think it changes a lot as we get older in terms of, you know, we don't do some of that play, but I try to find that through still reading, through podcasts, and now through travel more. So, yeah, well, that that's that's part of why I love, you know, this question. And sometimes I know, you know, if you're the audience, we know where we're going to go. Like, how, what what did you do when you were a child? But I think it's it's fun to remember that part of our lives because by you sharing it, I'm sure a lot of people out there are saying, oh, my God, I used to do that. I used to do exactly what you're describing as well. So <laughs> it's just fun to remember that we what we used to enjoy. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And so, so you, I, I can tell already, I mean, because I know a little bit about you and you'll share more of where you are right now and the kind of lifestyle you created for yourself, uh, which, you know, it's, it makes total sense with what you're sharing. But t tell me about the, like, when, you know, on the career path, when you, you had these passions and then the time to, to see what you're going to do as a, as a young adult. And, and uh, how did you make those choices in terms of your career and what you went on and studied? Yeah, it's interesting because at some point I, you know, like many kids, uh, some kids, I guess, know from day one what they want to be. But for me, I had that imagination. So it kept switching around from architect to that was what I remember at some point uh, to different things. But by the time I would say middle school and definitely by high school, I had a lot related to psychology in some way, mm -hmm. like child psychology or counseling or something like that. Um, so something was there. I did have a lot of family background in social work, my mom, my great-grandmother. So it probably comes a bit from that. So I ended up getting a double major in psychology and sociology, unsurprisingly. Mm -hmm. And you can't really do anything with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I immediately sort of planned to go to grad school. And I, I have this imagination and wanderlust, but I'm also very practical in a lot of ways. So I knew at that point, I had sort of determined from some courses and volunteer work that I probably was interested in doing something with elders, with the elderly side of social work. And uh, there were opportunities to go to a graduate school in gerontology or to go get a master's in social work. And I thought, well, it's, if I do social work, then if I don't end up liking working with the elderly, I could always switch. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I could do almost anything. You know, I could be a private counselor. I could be a school counselor, you know, all these things. So I, I did, I pursued my master's in social work. Uh, and so my first jobs were kind of standard in that field. And uh, what I ended up finding pretty quickly <laughs> out about myself, you know, the self-discovery process of working is that although I, I love doing that, and I love helping people, I'm not really wired to do very well in the stress that's involved with being really involved in these, you know, life and death sort of things mm -hmm. with people. Just, yeah, it, it just was something I could, I could not leave it behind. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, it's the kind of thing that, you know, really, I mean, people's, you know, lives were on the balance and families were stressed out. And I, I felt a lot more responsibility than I, I should was not very good at dealing with that. Uh, now, there are ways to deal with that, but I just kind of decided for me that it was better to be in sort of a different aspect of it. So I sort of started going in the direction of 
uh, marketing and education and communications in, within that field. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I bridged into doing that kind of stuff. So it was, it started out with really doing communications and, and doing marketing, first doing some marketing at a nursing home where I worked, where I was the social worker, but also like the ind- admissions person. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of sort of PR pieces of that. And then moving around a bit with my husband, different, doing different jobs and things. Uh, yeah, I got more into the uh, market. And when I moved to Florida, I went to work with a geriatric care management company. And the, I could do client work, but my idea was I really want to help them with promoting the company and doing the intake when families call in. So it's sort of a little bit of counseling, but it's also you know marketing and even sales. And I uh, was able to, you know, a small company. So I was able to work with them from the ground up, building really the first marketing plan and you know, doing all that. I've, I've been really lucky to work for small company, or I, I guess I've sought out small companies my whole life, mm-hmm. uh, my whole working life. And it's been great because it lets you be, I mean, if you like that, it lets you be the jack of all trades. You, know, you kind of end up doing a bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, so I got more into that side of it and uh, really enjoy doing the communication stuff and always being a reader. I guess at my heart, I always had the reading and writing kind of underlying all of it. That's fantastic. I mean, it's, I think you, you hit it on the nail when you said that, you know, your career, you know, is something you were passionate about, but there was an aspect of it that you weren't wired for, that you didn't enjoy. And I think that's really important because I, I can relate that I, I when I was studying, I thought I was going to be, you know, a financial investor. Like I was very drawn by the stock market and, and all that world. And I, you know, had started my career there at Merrill Lynch and doing all that. And then at one point, kind of similar, of course, yours more meaningful in terms of life and death. But I realized I didn't like to have to ask people for money, you know, like when you, you, when you're a financial investor at the end of the day, basically you have to ask people for money and to trust you with their money. And I'm like, I don't think I enjoy this very much. And then, and then it prompted me to make a very important decision, which is to, to reroute where my career, where I thought I was going to be. So I think a lot of people out there, they just because they, they went into something, they think they're stuck there. And uh, there's a lot to say that you were aware that you didn't enjoy that. And then you kind of uh, course corrected. Yeah. And very much like what you're saying, there's a lot of times a lot of things you can do that are where you can use. It's not you don't have to scrap all of your education or what experience you have thus far. You can make sort of a, a pivot or take go, oh, in, I'm working in this place and I see this job where I'm yeah. starting to do a little bit of this and I really want to take that piece of it. And for me, then I, I did full-time sort of marketing for that company for a number of years. Again, my nature with work is that I, I worked you know a lot of overtime and went full force with it, but I enjoyed it. And the good news about that, I guess, is that I you know proved myself uh, at that company and my husband and I decided to make a little bit of a life change and he was going to take a sabbatical from work. So I went to my boss and said, I'm planning to do this trip and leave. Uh, She said, quitting or is there something we can work out? And I said, Oh, I hope so. It would be great. Uh, And at that time, things were becoming more digital in terms of marketing. So the timing was good. And so once again, sort of carving out 
a piece of what I was doing and, you know, not, yeah, not scrapping it at all, you know, keeping that relationship that I had and the work I had built up, but yet moving into, okay, well now I'm going to do something more part-time and where I can travel, uh, staying with the same company, doing pieces I was already doing. And now the world is evolving. So we need to be focusing more on this anyway. So it kind of, you know, worked, all worked out. <laughs> well, I always say, if you ask for something, you might receive it. You know, a lot of people say, oh, that they never going to prove me going, you know, and I always say, ask. The worst that can happen is that they say no. And uh, so that's great that, that you did ask. And uh, so I want to backtrack because I know you and your husband that you, you must, uh, well, obviously you're both travel lovers. And I read somewhere that, did I read somewhere that you both met on a plane? Yes, we did. Uh, I want to, I want to know, I want to learn about that story. And then I know you have a travel blog. So I definitely want to get into that because it sounds to me that it was a match made in the sky. Well, it's a match made <laughs> in the skies and, and that uh, you, you found someone that really shares, uh, one of your true passions with, which is traveling. Yes. Yeah. We both, uh, I sat down next to him on the plane. Actually, one there was one seat in the middle. He was in the window and I was in the aisle. To this day, we remain, he, he a window person, me an aisle person. But now, <laughs> now we have to compromise sometimes. <laughs> yes, I imagine. <laughs> uh, and we just started talking. And uh, I, I, it's actually funny because I had had a very rushed sort of trip to the airport and I had been working right up until the last minute. And I was kind of, you know, flustered and all of that. Um, but we had a, we talked the whole time and we were both, uh, I was finishing up graduate school and moving uh, to the city where he was living. So we were flying from the, the city where we're sort of both living to where we were both from, coincidentally. Which, which is where to where? So we were Atlanta. Okay. Uh, I was actually in grad school at University of Georgia, but, but uh, going back and forth to Atlanta. And then we were both from Maryland. And I was going oh, wow. for a friend's wedding, actually, not really to visit my family, but I, I did see them. And he was going home for a family visit. So we ended up, you know, we met, but we ended up being somewhat from the same place and not from the same town, but from the same area um, of the country. So we both, um, it's, you know, fascinating that we're on a plane, living in different places, but yet kind of from the same uh, background same area so that is awesome you know i'm a big traveler and i always had that idea like maybe i'll meet someone on a plane never happened for me i'm glad it happened for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, you never i know a lot of times you sit down next to the people you don't really want to be seen next yeah to i met a tons of interesting people but never like i always had that romantic idea because it's very romantic i think to meet someone like your story right now it's uh it's it's very romantic but uh um, well, I did find mine on match.com, which seems a little bit <laughs> incredible, but, <laughs> but, uh, so that's great. And so you met and that was how long ago? Oh, more than 20 years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And, uh, well, and then you get married then. I'm going to fast track because then you mentioned that because he wanted to, he was going to travel and he was going to take a sabbatical. Then you say, uh, I'll go with you. And I, and then you started traveling around the world, really. Yeah. Yeah. So we did a lot of travel in the U S uh, after we were married. We, when we were our honeymoon, we went to Europe and then we were traveling mainly in the U S and we actually went for an anniversary trip back to Europe. And we kind of both had the, you know, you're sitting around on holidays, so you have more time to chat and think about things. And we said, 
gosh, we haven't done as much. We, we, you know, we had this intention of doing more international travel. We've enjoyed traveling in the U.S., but life just kind of takes its course. And we realize, oh, we, we kind of don't want too much time to get away from us without seeing more. And I always, I watched, as I said, had the wonder last forever. So I watched the travel channel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. all the time and travel podcasts and everything. So uh, I had some ideas and and it's a long story, but we basically, we were going to go work on a cruise ship. And oh, yeah, well, my husband and I have that as our retirement plan. It's funny you say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, was, it could have been good. We, did, we ended up not deciding to do it, but we had already kind of set our plans in motion for his sabbatical because he worked for a large company. So they had that mm-hmm. built in where you could take a sabbatical if you had certain oh, that's opportunities. Great. So, uh, and I approached my company and then we decided the cruise ship thing wasn't for us, but we still decided to pursue uh, traveling. So we We actually traveled around in the U.S. a bit first, road tripping, uh, you know, rented out our home and did some trips to Canada. And then we spent three months in Spain. And then it was pretty much locked in that, okay, that's that's it. We're uh, we're not we're not going back home for good. I see. And this is, uh, and you're currently in Spain. Do, do you live there or you're still moving around? No, we do live here. So we were in Spain and then that was three months. Then we ended up going back again because we, my job became something that I could do anywhere. Uh, and then my husband's job, I pretty much work from home back then anyway. I mean, his most of his company did work from home. So we realized, hmm, there's nothing really that even after his sabbatical, there's nothing really keeping us, uh, you know, in one location. So we went back to Spain again for a while. Uh, then we had the opportunity to go to Shanghai, China. Mm-hmm. And that's where we spent the last eight years, almost eight years. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so we've been there. And that's one of those things we thought two or three years. Uh, it was, you know, a dynamic and exciting place. We got to explore Asia uh, a lot. Uh, we went oh, almost every country in Asia. And that is amazing. Yeah, just a lot of exciting, a lot of dynamic stuff going on there and really dynamic from a work perspective uh, and like opportunities and seeing businesses grow. So it ended up being a lot longer than we expected, but it was was fun and worthwhile. But uh, our our passion and love for Spain was always there. So we kind of always knew that eventually we'd, we'd make our way back here. That's great. And and by the way, they document all these travels. It's going to be on the show notes on the, the Two Who Travel, right? It's the name of your blog, of yeah. your travel blog. Yeah, Two Who Travel. And I, travel. I ha- we have a lot of posts, but I'm not, I have not been great about keeping up the last, you know, couple few years, I would say, uh, since I do a lot of writing for work, but uh, oh, I hope to- I'm sure with all you've written, they, you know, my audience <laughs> funny, has yeah, plenty to catch up. There's plenty to read. Yeah, I need yeah. to do an update of, uh, of the move to Spain, but I did two posts during the whole COVID year about kind of our transition and all of the crazy things that were going on with that transition. So that that can kind of give you the update on. <laughs> I imagine, I imagine. So Shannon, I'm sure that I there's people out there thinking, oh wow, that sounds so great, but I cannot do that. It's just impossible. I mean, obviously, when there's uh, if, if if anybody that has kids, they're, they're linked to the school. And that's a problem. But what would you say, like, 
what what advice would you give to someone that wants to do the same things that you did? Like saying, I you yeah, you can go travel and you can design the life you want around your passion. What what would you be your piece of advice? I think you really do have to think about how passionate you are about it because it's a lot of effort. I mean, it definitely is, uh, especially when you're talking about moving. There's kind of the digital nomad community, and that has challenges in and of itself. And especially if you do have a family, and then there's moving, sort of immigrating or being an expat, whatever you want to call it, to a different place. Uh, that has its own, you know, set of things you have to go through. Uh, we've become pretty used to dealing with all of that stuff and the bureaucracy and the, you know, setting up new bank accounts and dealing with things in different languages. But that that's a lot. So you really have to sort of self-evaluate, I think, mm-hmm. that it is something that's really important to you and that the sacrifices that you make are something you're willing to do. It's not for everybody. And I love the lifestyle. I love minimalism. And I know that's a big buzz thing nowadays, buzzword, but I don't care about the stuff. And we really discovered that when we first did our, uh, when we did our first trip, because we still had our home and our things, but some people really love the comfort of having that home and those, you know, the nesting and those things. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I think thinking about it, I think anyone can potentially do it. It's, helps to, you know, have some grounding first, like, you know, we worked for quite a while. So we did have savings, you know, we made different sacrifices and that kind of thing that does help, but there's all kinds of different ways people can go about it. And yeah, even people, I mean, there's a lot of people out there on the road and out there living as expats and even digital nomads with kids and doing van life and all kinds of stuff. So it just kind of depends on your situation. And, And obviously if you're in a relationship or a family, you know, that it's more than one person involved. So that's something you have to consider. You know, how does the partner, do the partners both feel the same way about it and how, how will it affect the kids and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, no, and, and definitely it's uh, also being aligned as a, as a couple, because I, I did have a boyfriend, he didn't like to travel and that was the big writing on the wall for me because I love to travel. I'm like, Ooh, can I live all my life where every trip has to be like analyzed and thought out and all this stuff? And and I I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, like probably a good match after 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 a while. And uh, and thank God I found someone that loves to travel as much as I do. And that's why we I joke around, but it's true. We also corporate people and all that. And sometimes I say, well, when the kids are out of the house, then we can go and, and, and he's a, he's an engineer, but also he's a musician. So I said, you can play the guitar. I speak several languages. I can work as an international host on a cruise ship <laughs> and he would play on the band of the cruise. <laughs> and yeah. for a while, we just have no, you know, other things. It just be free spirit a little bit. I think there's something to be said about that. Not, no attachment, that feeling of not big attachments, right? Yes. Yeah. And there's so many different ways to do it. That's the thing. So like you said, you could choose to do it at a certain stage in your life. You could do it short term. You could, uh, I think right now, because a lot of people have been working from home and and their companies are saying, oh, you're not going to go back to an office. Then they're realizing, oh, I could do something. But, you know, especially given the situation right now, I'm not going to travel from country to country per se, but oh, I've always loved the mountains or the beach. Maybe we'll keep our home, keep our life relatively similar, but go spend this amount of time in this new place and explore. And so there's different facets of how you can 
tap into, you know, whatever that passion is for you. I love it. I love it. And that's why I say, you know, Shadow will be a great guest because I know there's a lot of people that, that, that think and fantasize about this and they convince themselves that there's no way you can do it. But you're right. I, 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 I know of people that have rented beach houses, you know, just to go through this quarantine in a way where it's more manageable. And, and they are realizing like, oh, but this could become a lifestyle if I'm able to work remotely. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I, th I think this this year is definitely a time where a lot of people are rethinking so many things and then companies are rethinking and realizing, you know, I mean, my husband's company did it I mean, years ago. They started paring down on office space. I think, a, and a lot of big companies did, uh, but I, I think this year, obviously more, more so. Um, but yeah, they, you know, people that I know that were in those, especially those sales kind of roles and stuff where you were out and about anyway, a lot of them, you know, years ago, the company started saying, well, we don't have to have an office building. We can, have everybody work at home and we can, and so that, that free kind of lifestyle. And um, yeah. And if you're relatively young and you're listening and you're thinking it's something you want to do, it's also something we can think about how your career choice, what kind of career choices and what kind of opportunities might, might fit it very well. So I had a lot of friends in Shanghai that were international school teachers. And if you are interested in or passionate about teaching, Uh, that's a really nice, it can be a really nice lifestyle. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, so it's, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of them were actually fed up with educational systems where they were from. So they actually really enjoyed and appreciated the, the system of the international schools where they were in kind of high quality education. Oh, that's great. I always love to, you know, like I, I like to mentor young people and I love those kind of tips where there's careers out there that people don't consider. And uh, I think I mentioned in a different episode, but recently I was mentoring a, a group of ha young girls uh, graduating from high school. And out of 35 young girls, I kid you not, probably 25 told me they wanted to become nurses. Oh, wow. And I say, there's no, there's no way a nurse statistically this is possible, you know, that they all <laughs> want to become nurses. It's impossible. And one of the things I told them about is that what exactly what you said, like, have you, when you think of your life, how do you envision it? And it was surprising to hear how many said that they would love to travel the world and explore and all this stuff. And I, and I would say, you know, it's not that it's impossible, but you know that being a nurse, maybe it's not the career that is going to be the easiest to adopt <laughs> to that kind of lifestyle. And just the thought, and maybe it is, you know, maybe you're a nurse, you can make it happen. But the fact that they have an ambition, what kind of life or what things they want to they enjoy the most and try to find a career that adapts to that. It's very telling of the, of uh, our younger generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many times we have either careers that we just assume because maybe culturally or our parents kind of sort of talk about this type of career or something, or we, I mean, for me, certainly there were certain things that were interesting to me and romanticized or but I, yeah I didn't think a lot of times about the practical aspects of some of those things so uh, exactly so Shannon how, what's what what is the thing you like the most about Spain I'm curious about this like how did you and your husband decided what makes you say oh yes we're staying here The lifestyle in general I guess I would say uh it, you know a more sort of 
work to live versus live to work, uh, family oriented, enjoying longer meals, slower meals, you know, things being closed on Sundays um, and closed for siesta and uh, those kind of things. Uh, I, yeah, I just liked, had an appreciation for that. And um, also loved the food from the from day one of being yours. <laughs> yes, <It's, laughs> I, I ask because you know I, I well my family is Italian. I'm from Venezuela originally, but I've been in the states for 25 years almost. But you know I've always said besides the language that in my case you know it would be my my mother my my main language Spanish. I've always said that Spain probably would be the place where, where I would go to live if I had to pick one in Europe. I wouldn't even go back to Italy. I would probably go to Spain. So I kind of agree. That's why I guess I'm curious. Uh, but yeah. there's something about those tapitas and the cañas and the, just the way they eat and the, you know, it, that is very uh, fascinating. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful, I think, lifestyle. I mean, it, like every country, I mean, there's challenges, especially, I think, for, you know, we're, we're very fortunate because we're coming in, uh, you know, not looking to, like we're not looking for a job. We weren't looking for a job here in Spain. So we didn't have to worry so much about the economic situation and the politics and that kind of stuff here. So, you know, we're kind of in that privileged position where we can enjoy the lifestyle. But mm-hmm. uh, although I, I was talking to a Spanish guy yesterday and he said, well, I see that being the wave of the future, even for Spaniards, because, you know, some of the, some of the things he did, he didn't see in the system really being fixed anytime soon. So he was saying, I think we're going to be, a lot of us are going to be working, you know, outside of the country or digitally or remotely living here, still enjoying the lifestyle maybe. But, you know, right now a lot of people travel elsewhere and get jobs and like in healthcare, for example. But uh, he, you know, he was saying he thought that that had a lot of possibility. Um, but yeah, just going. And I mean, in Valencia, it's it's often sunny and beautiful. And I just love the mix of, the old culture and the architecture uh, and the nature. And so, and actually, you know, once we're back to being able to travel around again, the country itself, people sometimes don't realize how diverse Spain is and all that we can just staying within this one country, all of the different uh, types of geography and even culture that you can encounter from the north, from the País Vasco, the Basque country, which is very different from, you know, which we often think of like Sevilla and the southern Spain, Andalusia, when you have a picture in your mind of Spain and flamenco and and those are very different. And then there's Galicia, which is what looks like Ireland or Scotland. And so there's just a lot to explore here in the history. And when I sit there and I'm eating my tapas and looking at like a castle, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel really lucky. <laughs> yeah. I always, we always say my husband is Dutch. So we go to Europe pretty much every year and uh, we're blessed in that sense. And we always say that, that the difference is anywhere you are in Europe, for the most part, you're, you're, you don't have to go to a museum. You leave the museum. Right. And, and right, you're, you're, it's exactly what you said. And, and for me, my own experience, I guess this podcast was born in Sicily, where my parents are from, because I feel that kind of back to basics. And a lot of the things you mentioned, uh, if I had to put a finger on my own back to basics, it's it's exactly what you said. It's it's about yeah, you work, but you don't live to work, 
You know, you take time to eat, you take time to enjoy, you take time. I mean, the, in that sense, the European flair, and it's not in every country in Europe, obviously, or not every region, but they have this more than we have here in the U.S. Yes. Right? Would you yes. agree? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's kind of, for me, it's like uh, those aspects are my back to basics. Like I am a very hard worker, but I need a little bit of that to be able to feel happy with my life and to feel fulfilled. And so it's it's great that you have the ability and the, to to do it, and that you recognize that those things are also something that uh, that I guess fill your heart and and fulfill the the way of living. For sure, yes, yeah, I agree. I'm also the same way. I'm a hard worker, and actually, I feel like being in this kind of lifestyle is really good for me, sort of psychologically, because I tend to be too caught up. You know, I'm I'm very caught up and very determined, and and uh, you know, in in work in my work life, uh, and so I need to sort of see something different to see the balance. Otherwise, it's really easy for me to get too too caught up in it and to kind of forget what's important. And uh, I guess if this this particular year has maybe reminded us of anything, it's those your podcast name back to basics. You know what's so important in our family and our uh, you know enjoying the moments that we have and that kind of thing. And that's something that's it helps me to have some external reminders of that also. <laughs> that that's great. And so I obviously as a part last part of the interview, I want I want to ask you to share anything that's fun and exciting in your work life. I mean the work you do at Podbean or any other of, of your initiatives that you're working on. Anything in particular that you want to share with the audience? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, everything we're doing at Podbean is really exciting. It's uh, such a fun company. So for those that Obviously, if you have a podcast, you may be familiar with Podbean because we do podcast hosting. So we do a lot of things on the podcaster side uh, and different tools for ways people can make money with their podcast. And, and uh, the last year, we launched a live stream, audio live streaming platform. And I think that's been really exciting because it kind of had this magical timing <laughs> that we didn't know. We didn't know what was going to happen with the world, uh, but that made it all the more useful and important for people. And so it was really podcast podcaster focused because it was an audio platform, uh, not video like a lot of live streaming is. So really focused on the storytelling and the interaction and people calling, being able to call in like a radio show. Uh, so we're doing more and more with that. And we did a big podcast wellness week in the first week of December, which we use that platform and our podcasting platform to bring together sort of all the top wellness experts in the podcasting world and provide all this exciting content to people about you know, sleep issues, anxiety, uh, you know, mental health and physical health. And so we'll, in the next year, we'll do more of those sort of niche area podcast weeks, uh, I think, with that platform. So a lot of sort of community building and that kind of thing. So there's always something exciting going on. It's just an industry that's changing and evolving so much. And, and we have the listener side too, because our app is also for, for people to listen to podcasts. So what I really like about it is that we kind of get to be involved with a lot of different aspects of whether, you know, whether you're the podcast creator or just someone that enjoys listening, we have some things that we can offer and ways we can help. Oh, that's great. As a podcaster, I have to thank you because that's that's what really helps uh, create uh, the, the right uh, platforms to, to disseminate podcasts. And, and it's amazing 
how many of them there are out there. I mean, I, I'm fairly new and I've been at it for two years, but I can just see the difference since I started and now. And I think it's a uh, it's very good what you just shared because I I know that out there in the audience there are people that have thought about doing a podcast. And let me tell you, it's not that hard if you have that idea and you want to go and do it. There's there's platforms. Uh, that you can leverage and, and really would, would make it very easy for you to be on the air in no time. And so definitely I will, I will add those, uh, those, uh, links in the show notes so that you can explore more about that. And, uh, I mean, this is great, Shannon. I cannot end the interview without asking you, besides all you've shared, you've been a great guest because you've shared what things you're passionate about. And sometimes, you know, we hear people sharing great careers and, and it takes me a while to really ask the question, what makes you tick? So besides everything you share, is there anything else that when times are rough, where you feel that you're kind of forgetting, you know, who you are, your essence, what makes you tick? What is it? I think it's, it's, it's sort of something I've already shared, but it's the underlying curiosity of life, like the desire to explore and continue learning. I think I have, I don't know, one of my social media profiles, I put something like always be exploring and learning or something as my sort of tagline, because yeah, I find that if I'm, yeah, if I'm feeling down or something I need, I need that. And so for me, a lot of times that means something as simple as going for a walk, but I like to go down. It doesn't have to be that I'm in Spain. I mean, no matter where I've lived, I can go down a different street. I can stop and look at the nature. Um, But that and things like listening to new podcasts, finding new books. I love things like I love discussion groups. Mm -hmm. So I'm in, I've been in a lot of book clubs in my life. And I also ran the Shanghai chapter of the podcast brunch club, uh, which is like a book club for podcasts. And, um, and if anyone out there, if that sounds appealing to you, it's podcastbrunchclub.com, but there's chapters all over the world. A lot of them aren't meeting right now because of COVID, but the, there are virtual, there's also virtual meetings. Oh, great. Yeah. Since I haven't been to Shanghai, I've been doing the virtual meetings and it's just fun because they, we talk about a topic and, uh, so it keeps, you know, if you're not in school anymore, you sometimes might feel like you're not having much in terms of opportunities to learn, but there's opportunities every day. So that's what gets me back going if I'm feeling just kind of blah or unmotivated. Wow, that's great. I think that's great advice. Uh, and I, I relate a lot to that. I say, I always say my biggest fear is to feel that I am not using my brain and my capacity to underutilize it and go on automatic pilot. So I, I totally relate with that. And that, and that's probably why I end up doing podcasts and crazy <laughs> stuff like this, because that, <laughs> that curiosity that you're mentioning is, is really a big driver. So thanks for sharing that. I think. I think that that would inspire others listening to just go for it, explore your curiosity and uh, see what happens. So thank you, Shannon. This has been fantastic. Thanks for taking the time to to share your experience and your journey with us. Sure. I'm glad to. Thank you so much until the next time. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you liked, please uh, review, share and uh, just tell a friend. Thank you. And until a new episode of Back to Basics. And until the next time.